Bless the name of Jesus. We lift his name up as his people. Lord, we thank you that you're a faithful God. You're a good God. Thank you that you're ruling, you're reigning, that you are over all, Lord. That, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And we give you glory in this place, Lord, as your people. We bow before you, Lord. We humble ourselves. And we thank you, thank you for your goodness and mercies that are new every morning, every year, every day, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, we welcome you here. We're just so glad that you joined us next week. Our youth who are there away this morning, you may have noticed, and uh, there are a lot of families with them, and they've been attending the ramp. And um, last time they came back on fire... And uh, so we, our prayer was they'll come back with a fire that will never go out. And uh, so next Sunday we're going to ask them to share testimonies and things of what God did. There's also a lot of sickness around. How many of you have been sick? You know, there just seems just you can't get over it. Shirley's been sick during Christmas, and that was a terrible time to be sick. But it didn't slow us down, and, um, but we're grateful and uh, so what we want to do, I want to do a couple of things. I feel like the Lord's given me a word, but I want to pray the word over you in just a moment. I want to speak the word. And then at the end, we want to just have a time of recommitting ourselves to the Lord and uh, for his purposes for this hour. How, know, how many of you know you need to do that every day? You know, yield, surrender. We need a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit every single day. We're leaky vessels, and we need to go back to to the fountain that never runs dry. And so there will become that fountain. Out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So we want to wish you a happy new year. Happy new year 2024. I remember many years ago telling someone, man, you know, it's not too long. It's going to be the year 2000. Well, 2000 long gone. And um, that's a long time ago. And that's a scary thought to think about. Time is flying by. It's not scary. It's the time we've been called to. But how I many of you know he's the author and finisher of our faith? And he's going to get the last word. And he's going to receive all the glory that's due his name. And um, the enemy's not going to have the final testimony on the earth. 
we're going to have that testimony, the testimony of Jesus. And um, he's going to be doing some amazing things with us. So anyway, there are a couple words that um, were spoken. And I've never been one to go along with the prophetic jingles and the rhymes, things that rhyme, you know. But it just does seem like this year there are some things that rhyme with 24. And uh, so it's not, you're not being anti, you know, by doing that. But one is that it's going to be a year of war. And that's the conference down in Fort Mill, Prepare for War. That's the title of that whole conference. And I was reading some of the things that Rick shared, Rick Joyner, and he was speaking how we must know how to live in this hour. And, of course, we know that. We've, we've been here. The Lord has shown us these things. You know, Jesus said, there will be, you will hear wars and rumors of wars. But he also said, see that your heart is not troubled. For all these things must be, but what did he else did he say? The end is not yet. And so that means we're going to get in on the times. We've got a great destiny and purpose. But Rick was sharing how, you know, leadership, you must have leaders in place when things begin to break out. And uh, General MacArthur said it's a fatal error to enter any war without the will to win it. And uh, we want to have the will. We, we already know who wins this thing. And uh, so we're going in from a perspective of being the ultimate triumph. I mean, we, we always triumph in Christ. But there have been leaders all through history, one of them Alexander the Great, He said this, he said, I'm not afraid of an army of lions led by a sheep. I'm afraid of an army of sheep led by a lion. And I thought that was pretty amazing that Jill put up a lion for this year as we enter into 2024. And, but we're led by the lion of the tribe of Judah. And uh, that's our hope. And the people of God are going to be bold, bold as a lion in this day. But um, we're going to have to stand as we've never stood before. I, I heard General Michael Flynn. Now, his sister was here, what, two or three years ago. And she asked us to pray for her and her family and the destiny that they have. And General Flynn was warning our nation that the enemy is seeking to push us into another civil war. Their movies... They're even entitled Civil War. And it's what's called, and as you learn this over, the, over years, it's called predictive programming. There's something about the, the darkness that wants to announce what the plans of the enemy are before he carries those plans out. I don't understand that about the occult and darkness, but that helps us to know what's happening, to be alert, be awake. Of course, we already have the plan. We have the strategy in the Word of God, but uh, there is an attempt, and we've been called to be peacemakers, and uh, you know, we know there are battles, but uh, the, the biggest one is a spiritual conflict, and that's what I want to talk about, but did you know that over in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11, it speaks about how there'll be violence on the earth, and that we know Rabbi Khan and there are others that told us the word violence is the word Hamas. I thought that was really interesting, you know, that it speaks of violence that is breaking out in many places. But beyond Hamas or beyond the violence, the real reason, the culprit, was the corruption of men's hearts. And when you read Genesis, it makes it plain that men's hearts were corrupt and their every intent and every thought was corrupt continually evil. And as, as a result of that, violence broke out on the earth. So we know the ultimate culprit is men's heart, right? It's sin. But General Flynn, I want to mention this. We're going to get into the Word. He said there are four aspects of war that we need to be aware of. The first one is there will be physical war. And uh, we, we see what's happening in many places. We know that men are seeking to stir up war. That's the nature of the heart of man. He's at war with God, and so I guess he wants all of humanity to be at war with one another. 
And, but there are also going to be emotional wars. We've already seen that happen. Family members that are one way politically, there's such an emotional conflict when you bring up certain, you know, things that are going on. How many of you have been there? Your families, you've seen that emotional battle. There's going to be intellectual, informational wars, and uh, General Flynn presented it as we won't know who to trust. And that's where we are today. Who do you trust anymore? Who was it that said, where is truth? Was it Caesar or one of them? You know, where is truth? And we want to know where it where it lies today. Well, it doesn't lie with men. It lies with God and men that are in alignment with God. That's who we can trust. But then he said, most of all, they're going to be spiritual wars. And what we're living in, this is good against evil. We've said before, we are either becoming more and more a part of the Lord Jesus Christ, or we're becoming more involved and aligned with the spirit of Antichrist. And you're going to have to line up with one or the other. The Lord said, either you're for me or you're against me. And uh, so we're going to see these battle lines being formed, but we've been called to be made to be peacemakers. Jesus did not come to destroy men's lives. He came that men might be saved. And, uh, but we're going to also have to do our part and Rick was speaking about there's some wars, if you don't get involved, they only become worse. The bullies. If you are a coward in the face of a bully, that guy will only become more of a bully. And he'll control you. And uh, we've not been called to be controlled by men, but be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And those of us that have been around, you know this is a quest for global governance. It always has been. And there's a new thrust and they believe they're on the very edge of accomplishing their global mission of global government. And anyway, what a day that we're living in in this hour. We need a fresh anointing. And I want to pray the Word of God over you, okay? And then we're going to get into the Scriptures. But I want you to stand with me. I, I want to read. This is one of those apostolic prayers and you just agree. You say, Lord, I'm, I'm in a receiving, I'm in a green mode. And I say, yes, I'm just going to pray the Scriptures over you. So you just receive. And, uh, th- but this is one of the apostolic prayers of which we want to be built on. And it's taken from Ephesians chapter 1, begin with verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, just say, He is the Father of glory. Now he goes on in the prayer that he may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. How many of you would say, yes, that's what I want? You know, we're not going to know everything to do in this hour, but if you know him, you're going to be way ahead of the game. The knowledge of him. And that's what we pray, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. How many of you say, yes, yes, Lord? that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and that you would know what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe. How many of you believe? According to the working of his mighty power. God's power is mighty. That is a work within you, and that's what it says, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead, and he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above, say far above, all principality and power. And we know that this power is working in us. So, Lord, I just declare that, Father, in the name of Jesus, that the people of God in this hour, those that are watching, those in this room, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to each one of us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that we would know the hope of your calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance and the saints, and what is the exceeding abundant greatness of your power that is at work within us according to the working of your mighty power. 
And we thank you, Lord, that this is what you demonstrated when you raised your son, Jesus, from the dead. You seated him at the hev- in the heavenly places, far above all power and all principality in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Okay, I want you to be seated. I want to get in the word. This morning, we're going to end up today with worship and um, going back in and worship. I mean, if you know, it's a good thing to worship a lot in this hour. You know, just spend time with him. Have worship going on in your house. You know, have the word of God. You know, you can find things where the word is, the people are just reading the scriptures. Just let this be a year of the word and worship. And just if you're not even paying any attention, just let it be in your atmosphere. Your spirit will pay attention. You know, there's something about, even if the eyes or the ears, maybe we're not in tune, if worship's going on, there's something happening inside. You know, we're spiritual beings. And uh, we, that's where we're to be. Our dominant self is our spirit man. It's not our flesh and all these other things. But anyway, someone gave me a word this morning as they walked in, and I knew it was the word of the Lord because I've been thinking these things. And they said that things are going to happen in this hour of which you have no control over. These are ancient things that have been in preparation, in planning. I know a little bit, just a little, to be dangerous, but I know a little bit of what that is, these ancient things. But though things will happen of which we have, they're beyond our control, stay close to the one who is in control. Stay close to him. And in in the word in worship, I don't know any other way. You know, it's a deliberate effort, effort, effort on our part. We draw near to him then we can resist the devil and he'll flee. But we must stay close to him in this hour. Now, go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. And there's just one verse. I want to give you another word that I believe that speaks of the time in which we live, and Richard has already spoken it. It's the year of the open door, year 24. And as I said, I've always tried to sway away from those prophetic rhymes and jingles and jangles. I found a lot of them really bore no fruit. You know, there were those who said that the prophets missed it. Remember in the year 2020, it was prophesied that this would be a year we would get 2020 vision, and then all these things happen. I'm not sure we missed it because we did start seeing the degrees of darkness that are at work in the earth as we've never seen them before. Things were exposed. They were brought to the surface that were hidden. And just like the Lord said, there's nothing hidden that will not be revealed. So many of us begin to see the workings of the demonic powers that have been had plans from the beginning in any way, not that we really wanted to see or not, But there was some, we do need to see, we're not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. We don't want to be ignorant. Say, I don't want to be ignorant. You don't want to be stupid. You want to be alert, aware, with your eyes on him, but also not ignorant of the devil's devices. And anyway, look in chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians. And Paul is making his plans for the next season of time, his travels. And we're making plans for 2024 and beyond. Look in verse 5. He says, now I will come to you when I pass through Macedonia, for I'm passing through Macedonia, and it may be that I will remain or spend the winter and some time there with you. Verse 7, for I do not wish to see you now on the way, but I hope to stay a while with you, if the Lord permits. We're living at a time our prayer must be Also, if the Lord permits and if the Lord wills, remember in James, there were those who said, we're going to go and do this and that for a year and so, but it's out of the arrogance of their heart. We should be praying, if it's the Lord's will, we will do this. And that's what James says. If it's the Lord's will, let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. Lord, This the best as I know, this is the plan that you've given me. If the Lord permits, and I just think that's interesting, that we will stay a while if the Lord permits, 
But notice in verse 9, this is what I want to talk about. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. And that's what I want to talk about. I believe we are entering in the year of an open door, but there are also going to be many adversaries. Say many. I wish that wasn't true, but that's what the Scripture says. Your adversary, the devil, roams about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Unfortunately, there are many volunteers. And if you are ignorant of God's Word, you are a volunteer whether you know it or not. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And many who we thought were some of the greatest are we going to find they... They may tumble in this hour, and that's Scripture as well. Daniel speaks about many of those of understanding shall fall so as to refine them, to make them white. It's the goodness of God. It would be better that you fall on this side of eternity so that you might be restored, repent, be made white, refined, and be ready for eternity than not fall and not repent and enter into eternity unprepared. Do you know what I mean? And uh, anyway, the book of Daniel, we're going to have to go there sooner or later, but he receives this prophecy of the end times, and the Lord, or the messenger says, shut up the book. It's for a time to come, a time of the end. Many will run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Boy, is that happening today. Knowledge is increasing. Now we have AI artificial intelligence, and I understand they are scouring the internet looking for anyone that might dare speak the truth in this hour. And I've thought about that, Lord. I know that AI is looking for those who will tell the truth. I feel like the Lord says, just tell the truth anyway, and trust me to guard you and cover you. He's greater than artificial intelligence. He's not artificial. He's the ultimate, he's the high, most high exalted one. And um, anyway, then it says over in Daniel, there'll be a time coming when the power of the holy people will be completely shattered. You don't hear that preach much in our day because it's not popular. What it means is crushed or comes to an end. I was sharing with Shirley, I, I, I wonder if it, we've not already been there. I wonder if we're not there now. Because when you come to the end of yourself, what do you do? You look up. It's a good thing to come to the end of yourself. Your ability to trust your ability or whatever is over. It's been crushed and you begin to look up. For there your redemption draws nigh. But anyway, remember in that prophecy, Daniel was to go his way for the words will be close into the end. And um, it says also, though, that the, the wicked will not understand. This is a day and time you're going to try your best to get people to understand what's going on, and it ain't going to work. It's not going to happen. The carnal mind cannot understand or receive the things of the Spirit. And there's a spiritual understanding. That's why we must focus in the knowledge of Him. Not all the knowledge of the things going on. Because we can miss it too. How I many of you know that? We miss things. We, we, are, we only see dimly. That's why we need one another to help others. will tell us things that we can't see. And together as the body of Christ, we'll see a greater picture. But many of the wicked, the wicked are not going to understand, but the wise shall understand. And not only will they understand, they'll rise like the brightness of the firmament and they will be wise, and the greatest wisdom is, is he that wins souls is wise. And so we want to be about winning souls in this hour. Now, I know there's a lot more about Daniel. We'll go back there. So the year of the open door. The first thing, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, is there will be great and effective doors open to you and to me, but there are many adversaries. Adversary means to oppose. Expect opposition in this hour. If you're not being opposed, you're probably not walking in the described appointed will of God for the hour. 
because there will be many adversaries, hostile, and the list is growing, and there will be many. Jesus said the world hated him because he testified, testified of the world that their deeds were evil, so they hated him. And if they hated him, guess what? They're going to hate you and me. If we love the world and the world loves us, I can guarantee you there's very little of the love of the Father in you because we should be at least to some degree despised because Christianity is going the opposite way of what the world is going. It's like swimming upstream. And Jesus said there are two ways. There's the broad road that leads to destruction. That's where most of the people are traveling. And that's the, the easiest way. And, but there's a narrow way. And that's where few are finding that way. And it's difficult and it's hard. But that's the way to life. How many of you want to stay on that way? It's not the easy way. You know, whoever said it's easy. It's not easy. Dying to yourself is not an easy thing. It'll kill you is what it'll do. But then you will live. You'll live the life you've been called to live. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives in me. But notice in verse 13, as we're walking into year 2024, there are many doors, many adversaries. So that's why he says in verse 13, watch, stay alert, stay awake. You don't want to go into the woke crowd. Those who are woke are the ones that are asleep. Or no, the woke, those that have been awakened. That's a different story. We want to be among the awakened, not the woke. You know what I mean? Those who claim to be woke are sound asleep on, their, on a pathway to hell, and they don't even know it. They need someone to come and rip out the carpet from under them. And tell them to wake up. You don't have to go that way. You don't have to spend eternity in judgment. There's a way out. There's, there is salvation. But he says, watch. Stand fast in the faith. Stand fast in the faith. Not as, you know, whatever's going on. Stand fast in the faith. Be brave. How many of you know it's going to be important in this hour? The cowards are those first who will be tossed into the lake of fire. So we want to be brave in this hour. Say, be brave. Now we're going to need him. But if you understand, if you have a vision of the greater one in you, then you can be brave because it's not a work of the flesh. Be brave, be strong in the Lord. Let all that you do be done with love. And that's going to be vital. It's going to be mandatory that we walk in love as he loved us, and not in vengeance. And you see, they're doing all they can to stir up civil war. They want us to be at odds with one another. That's always the enemy's plan. You divide the families, divide husband and wife, divide the children, divide political parties, all these things. And when division comes, destruction follows. And uh, that's what the Lord said. He's, you know, a house divided. We know that's true. And then the second thing is Colossians chapter 4. I want to move on into this. Colossians and chapter 4, notice in verse 3. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm also in chains. Now, mystery is something that's hidden. And to the world... To much of our nation, the, the way to freedom is still hidden. So we're the ones called to show them the way. You ever heard that saying, you know, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words? That did not come from the Bible. Now, I understand what they say. You know, your testimony, your, you, you are to live the life before the world. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so somebody's got to speak the word and make known the mysteries to those that need to hear the mysteries. And, but it is also, we know, that we're to live that life before them as well. But look in verse 5, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace. It's going to be harder and harder in this hour. 
you know, where they're plotting forces against one another. But somehow in the midst, they're going to be peacemakers that are going to point both to him, to the answer, to Christ, the ultimate prince of peace. Let your speech always be seasoned with grace. So in other words, we want to speak the word of the Lord in this hour. There's an open door. Lord, let your word go forth out of our mouths. The the scripture says, the word of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, nor the mouth of your descendants. Why did he say mouth? Because it's in your mouth. You're to speak it. Speak it. Be bold in this hour. Don't be afraid. If you're ashamed of him before men, he'll be ashamed of you before the Father in heaven. And you don't want him to be ashamed. And then another thing, Isaiah 22, 22. Man, that's a big scripture. The key of the house of David. I will lay on his shoulder. So he shall open and no one shall shut. And shut and no one shall open. Then that's also spoken, repeated. Revelation 3, 7. I know your works. I've set before you an open door. Say an open door. And no one can shut it. No one can shut it. Now, you can voluntarily shut it yourself. You can walk the other way. You can refuse to enter. But no one can shut the doors that God's opened for you. No demon. What demon has authority to shut what God has opened? What demon? And that's why we have to speak this. He says you have a little strength. There may come times in 2024 you will feel, Lord, my strength is really small. I'm running out of this. Well, that's the time to boast. Lord, I'm going to boast now in the power of Christ, which will rest upon me. You have a little strength. You've kept my word. You've not denied my name. But I can just tell you, we've used that prayer, Shirley and I, when we got married or before we were married. Lord, we pray if this is not your highest purpose, close doors to our marriage, our ideas, And, Lord, that no one can open. Don't let us try to open what you close, but, Lord, don't let us close what you open. And so pray that. God, if this is your will, open doors. It's it's biblical. Have faith. Have faith in the God that can open and no one can shut. And shut and no one can open, not even you. And then pray and believe that. And this is the year. And then Psalm 24 is obviously a word for this year. Look over really quickly, Psalm 24. Everybody's familiar with this scripture, and it's a word for the hour. Look in verse 7. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Everlasting. The doors that, there are doors in the spirit realm that have never been closed. We just haven't recognized that they're still open. Somehow God's going to open our eyes to see the doors that have been everlasting before us open. So we will enter. A door that is open for you is so that you might enter in so that you might have more of him. I don't even know why I said all that, but they're everlasting and the king of glory shall come in. Well, that's what we want. We, want, we have to have the king of glory coming in in this hour in these everlasting doors, because without him. But anyway, look what he is, the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Well, that's pretty convenient. If we're going to be going into a season of warfare and battles, is it not a good thing that the Lord, who is mighty in battle, would come into your midst? Therefore, he's the one fighting your fights and standing with you, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up, your, lift up you everlasting doors. Now, he's talking about heads, lifting up your heads, O gates. I wonder, these guys probably teach on this. Maybe I'm just catching up. But maybe we have, maybe we're some of the gates. Could we be some of those gates whereby we lift up our head to him and the king of glory comes? Well, I say, let it happen. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So we need those doors open. And then Acts 14, verse 27. Now, when they had come together, the church, they gathered together, they were reporting all things that God was doing in their midst. 
That had to be a glorious service to attend. All the things God was doing. I can't wait till we get there. 2024, we shall go there. The people were standing, reporting all things that God was doing in their midst. And anyway, now we know that in the midst of that, one of their testimonies was that the door of faith was open to the Gentiles. So the door of the faith, the Christian faith, the truth, the message of the gospel was going forth. Can I declare over you, there will be no place on earth where the door of faith will not be opened in this hour. And this gospel shall be preached in all the world. We are a part of it, preaching in Africa. But I'm telling you, there's no place on earth that will be shut out to the gospel. Somebody sent me what's happening in Nigeria right now. How many of you know what's happening? Have you seen that? Christians are being hunted Children, Christian children are being hunted, and Christians are being slaughtered. Wives, women, releasing them, hunting them down, slaughtering them. Christians in Nigeria. And we pray for Nigeria. We pray for the believers to be strong in the faith, to be courageous in this hour. We pray for great deliverance, but we pray and we acknowledge This is only going to cause a greater door to open in Nigeria of the gospel to be proclaimed. And it's going to happen. Where the enemy comes in, God will raise a standard. And that standard that he opens is greater than the doors the enemy is seeking to close. That door will always be open. There's one Lord, one faith. And that faith is going to be proclaimed. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, a door was opened to me by the Lord. Now, that's the key, by the Lord. Have you ever tried to open up doors on your own in ministry? Now, most of us have been in ministry. That's one thing really unique about this congregation. People come, they visit, but so many of us have our own ministry. It's writing a book, teaching, you know, whatever it is, the many different aspects But we have ministry, there are opportunities, and we have to walk in them. We have to walk in the opportunities God has given us. This is the hour, the opportunities of a lifetime, things you've been created for are going to open in this hour. You don't want to be found on judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. We all will appear at the judgment seat of Christ. You don't want to be one that did not walk through the doors of opportunity that God opened for you, even when it became harder to walk through them. There's going to be a price in America to preach the real gospel. Well, so what? That's what Christianity is. That's what it means. Take up your cross. Deny yourself the right to preserve yourself. Die to yourself, follow him. If you die, you shall live. And uh, we want to walk in that. Remember, Jesus was walking by and the disciples in the boat, they didn't know that it was Jesus at first. This experience scared them. They were afraid. They thought it was a ghost. uh, But they recognized his voice. And when they recognized his voice, they knew it was him. And they didn't back off, and of course, we know what happened. This week was an amazing week. Every week is an amazing week. Next week's going to be an amazing week. The week after that is going to be an amazing week. It's like my team has won the national championship every week. And my team has. In Christ, every week, there's a championship going on. But this week, I was on a At the last moment, I'm getting ready to preach the Uganda, you know, messages on Wednesday. And uh, just a couple hours before, I got a text from the uh, Black Robe Regiment man, the the overseer of that, inviting me to a prayer call one hour before I was to go on in Uganda on on the iPad. And uh, so I first thought, well, how can I do that? It'd be running kind of close. Do it anyway. So I just felt, let's just do it. 
God will take care of. He'll bring to my memory. You know, usually I'm spending time getting ready. But I just got on that call. It was an amazing call. It was ordained of God. You remember Nita Johnson. Now, she was not on the call, but her daughter, Ricky, who I saw probably 20, what, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. We've not seen them. She was on the call, other intercessors from around the country, and also one of the leaders from Washington, D.C., you know, and, you know, the Family Council, Research Council and all, but, but they were talking about an event that's going to happen April the 18th and 19th in North Carolina and that I'm going to be a part of, going to be, have to be, will be. But it was about our good friend, Pastor Brother Fred Lunsford. Now, some of you don't know who he is because this happened before you guys showed up. But about five years ago, Fred Lunsford, he's a pastor in the western part of our state, Vengeance Creek Baptist Church. He was in his 90s. His wife died, and uh, he wanted to go be with the Lord. He said, okay, God, my wife is gone. I'm ready to go be with her. And the Lord wouldn't let him, spoke to him clearly and said, no, you will not leave. You have a divine assignment. Now, you understand, Brother Fred been in ministry, what, 60, 70 years? You know, I mean, you would think he would be time to retire, his ultimate retirement, but the Lord said, no, you are to pray for a great spiritual awakening. So anyway, so some of us pastors from this county, we went over, we went up on the mountain. They have a prayer mountain there. We prayed, Brother Fred prayed over Shirley and I at the rock. We laid hands on us. It was really powerful. I have to confess to you, I've not seen Brother Fred in years. I honestly thought the Lord had taken him home without seeing the great awakening. And I just thought he would gone, well, he wasn't on the call, but he was on a call later that afternoon with me because that's what the whole call was about. There's going to be another great gathering of prayer. They're going to assemble on Prayer Mountain with Brother Fred Lunsford. He'll be 99 years old in three months. 99 years old. God has kept him alive. And I got on the, I called him and said, Brother Fred, I want to come see you. I'm going, to, I'm going to be on a call with him tonight, too, at midnight. We're going to go into year 2024 with a number of intercessors across the nation. And then I'm going to go on April 18th and 19th. And the man with the Family Research Council shared something. When he heard the dates, he said it just shocked him. He said April 18th is the day where the British General Gage ordered the British soldiers to destroy the weapons, the weapon depot of the colonists in Concord. And that's when Paul Revere left Boston and he en route to Concord to warn the colonists to be ready, to be ready. The war is at hand. And um, it was just right after he gave his famous speech, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And, you know, I was reading where, you know, this man had to have been impacted by the Great Awakening. He was 12 years old, and he attended a Great Awakening meeting by Samuel Davies, a great evangelist that God used. Well, God was in that Great Awakening, was preparing a generation that would serve him in a time of great conflict, the Revolutionary War. Anyway, I just thought it was incredible. Then there came after that the second great awakening. But anyway, that's coming on April 18th. On April 19th, somebody on the call, I had no idea. They said, do you know what happened on April 19th? Washington for Jesus. Many, many years ago, 600,000 believers gathered on the mall of Washington, D.C., cried out to God. And we could have, listen, it could have been the end then, but because multitudes cried out to God. It was an opportunity that God had provided. And I'm telling you, there are opportunities in this hour for you and me. And we've got to walk through them and believe God. And then in Hosea 2.15, there's a door of hope. It's in Hosea. You can read it later. But God opened a door of hope in the midst of the, the coming judgment because of sin. We said before, those guys that told us the word violence means Hamas were correct. 
They just didn't tell us there was something behind the violence. It wasn't the violence. It was the heart, the corruption of men. It was the sin of men that released the violence upon the land. And that's the problem today. We knew that when what happened in Israel in October, we heard what was happening. We knew it was evil, but we knew there was something going on behind the scenes. We knew there was a greater force at work manipulating things, and they still are. I saw where General Flynn is going to demand an investigation. You know that we investigate why was Hamas allowed into Israel in the first place? How could they have lowered the bar and allowed them to enter? Anyway, I, if I could tell General Flynn, I would tell him, don't get your hopes up for an investigation. That will never happen on this side of eternity. Well, one day it'll all be known. All these things that we didn't know exactly. We knew something wasn't right. I'm telling you, it's all going to be revealed one day. It'll all come out in the open. But even in the midst of it, in the violence, and we know the violent are in America. They're, they're being led in by the droves. We've not, we're not experiencing an invasion. Can I, can I tell you? We've already been invaded. It's, that all, that's already done. There's nothing more to do except call on our God, who is the Lord mighty to save. That's it. That's it. There's no political solution. I'm going to vote if we have an election. That's why all the chaos is going to erupt between now and the election. Because the enemy doesn't want anything to happen anymore. That would even open a door. But I'm telling you, the door of hope is open over families, open over nations, and open over this nation, thus saith the Lord. It says it over in Romans 15, now may the God of hope. As long as you know him, you have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Luke chapter 11, I wanted to get done so we could enter into worship, but I'm going to finish this message. Is that okay? There's Luke 11, and that's when they're encouraged to pray. Remember the unjust judge. So she wants justice. The judge says, go away. I don't want to, listen, it's time. I'm, I'm asleep. I put my kids to bed. I'm not going to give you any mind. But what did she keep doing? She kept on and on and on. And finally, the unjust judge said, well, she won't leave me alone so I can get rid of her. I'm just going to, you know, allow her to have her way and her say and grant her her request. And what did Jesus say right after that? He said, knock and the door shall be opened. Seek and you'll find. Ask and it will be given unto you. So in other words, the Lord is saying there are some doors that appear to be closed. Don't let the appearance distract you from obeying what God's called you to. Just because it appears closed, go after the king of glory. Give him no rest day and night. Crying out for the vengeance of God and the justice of heaven. And then Acts chapter 16 and verse 25, verse through 26, remember they're in prison. And what did they start doing? They start worshiping, praising God. Now, the prisoners along with them, that got their attention. How could these, in the midst of this chaos and captivity, praise and worship their God? Something happened. Those who were hearing what was happening said they must have a real God. I need that God that they have. Obviously, they have someone, something that I don't have. And there were multitudes of people. They and their households were saved. In other words, when the doors of the prison seem to be shut, don't stop worshiping. Don't stop praising. Be exalt the king of glory and see the king of glory come into that jail cell and see what God will do. Amen. I'm not prepared to share this, but a man was here last week. And I just barely heard. It's one of those things he told me that afterward at home, I, I thought about, wait a minute. What did he just tell me? He said, and I'm not going to tell you who he is. He said, pastor, I was in jail this week. 
I guess I couldn't believe it, so I just really wasn't paying much attention. But he said, I was in jail, and it was something that was a fraud. It was something out of right. But he said, while I was in jail, I led people to Jesus. God moved in the midst there. He even showed me his little band where he had been in prison. And it didn't hit me until after. I thought, wait a minute. What did he tell me? He went to jail? That guy went to jail and, and led people to Jesus? They had to let him go. It sounded like revival was breaking out in that place. Well, that should be our testimony. And then another is Revelation 3.14, and that's the message of the church of Laodicea. God, Jesus, is outside of the church knocking on the door, saying, let me come in. Now, why was he outside? He was outside because they felt like they were rich and increased with goods. They didn't need anything else. They had it all. They didn't need the Lord. They didn't need his wisdom, his counsel, his refiner's fire. They didn't need any of that. They had it all, and the Lord said, I'm outside knocking on the door. Will you let me come in? And I'm saying, let him come in. Because he said, if I come in, I'll sup with you. You know, I'll dine with you. We'll have fellowship. Is that not what we most need in this hour? The fellowship of Jesus himself. Fellowship with one another, but the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. And you can fellowship with him every single day. You can answer the door, Lord Jesus, come in. Come in. This day is yours. I'm not about to walk through this day without acknowledging my need of you. And let him be God. And then Genesis chapter 7, Noah preached, you know, and the doors were shut. The ark was shut. The Lord himself shut the doors. 100 years. And the Lord said later, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Many will be eating, drinking, giving in marriage, marrying, until the day they, that the believers enter in. And I personally believe the ark is in Christ, safely in Christ, the place of protection, the refuge. Our refuge is in Him. But there's coming a day that, that the doors are going to be shut and you'll no longer be able to hear the gospel. Maybe in your own life, that day that you enter into eternity, that's a day the door will be shut. But I believe we got to preach as loud as we can until those doors are shut. I know the Lord said there's coming a time where darkness will be so great, you got to run the race, do the works while it is day, for darkness will come when no man will work. And I don't know what all that's going to look like. But until that day comes, you and I have got to proclaim the only message of hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ alone. He's the hope of the world. And then John 10 is the last door. Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. He said in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And I'm telling you, there's no other door. Now, you know, this is amazing how God does these things. I'm, I know I'm getting a little bit older in ministry. I tell Shirley that. But I'm still a kid in a lot of things. And that is how God speaks through the week. And when I got to this point, I, I was thinking, now, Lord, what are some of the uh, things that, that are conflicting or maybe the countering? They're alternative doors rather than you. And I started thinking about how you can think you're smart enough. Man, you got spiritual revelation, spiritual knowledge. You got knowledge, you know. Man, you, you're really getting something there. I've met people. They, have, they seem to have some kind of knowledge I don't have. Well, you just don't have this experience that I have. And I was thinking how, well, you know, knowledge, man, I know you want to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. But what if, you, if it's a trap to gain all this spiritual knowledge and forget Jesus, who is the key of knowledge? And I started thinking about that, and somebody sent me a text. And anyway, they went into detail. I asked them, what do you mean by this? She'd had a dream. And in the dream, she saw people in the church walking in this Greek temple. And they were seeking after knowledge, after revelation after things that really glitter and things that make you feel good. And she heard the Lord declaring to the people, preach Christ, 
Preach Christ. Preach Christ. And she kept hearing that over and over again. And she said that many of my people, it looked as if they're being swept away by knowledge. Knowledge will increase. But it also can corrupt you and hide you from the one who is the knowledge, the one who is your wisdom, who is your understanding, who is your righteousness, and it's Jesus Christ alone. And the testimony we want to have around here is we preach Christ. We preach Christ and him crucified because there's no other way. There's no other way. Now, I'm going to pray over you guys in a moment. Then we're going to just go spend a time to worship. But I want to give some of you right now Because there are many of you watching, you've never yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're waiting for. This is the hour of salvation. This is the day of salvation. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved, just call out to him. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you believe in your heart that God has raised his son from the dead. You confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus You see, while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to change a thing. You just change your mind and your direction that you need a Savior. You turn from the world. Turn from sin. Yes, there's repentance. He'll help you repent. He'll give you the strength to do that. But you make that choice. Choose him this day whom you will serve. And I just want to pray right now for those that are watching And those, if you're in this room, if you've never truly been saved, some of you wonder, why do we do this every Sunday? Because I know it's the only hope. And I thank God for the people that did it. I thank God for evangelists like Samuel Davies, who there was a young man, Patrick Henry, was somehow sitting in that crowd. And I know an invitation was given, and Patrick Henry found his way to the altar and God was preparing him. He not only did he come to salvation, he was getting him ready to be a voice in the greatest revolution as far as men could, are concerned, the, revo- the revolution, the American revolution. But there's a greater revolution now, and it's a spiritual revolution, and it's all about him. So just say, dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that, he's, that he died, he rose from the dead, I confess I'm a sinner. I ask for your mercy and forgiveness. I turn from my sin. And I turn my life over to you. I confess you with my mouth. I believe God raised his son from the dead. And I thank you for salvation. And I receive that by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd encourage you to follow along, get in touch with us. This is a day of the harvest, too. It's an open door to the hearts of men and women. And um, like never before, all over the earth, people are going to come to know the Lord. And you're going to be a part of it. Now, stand up. Stand up. Lord, show me how to do this. Okay, this is is what I feel like the Lord is saying. If in your heart there's a resounding yes to him and all that he has for you in the year 2024, regardless of the cost, you know, you're to count the cost. What man, you know, he goes to war. He doesn't see if he has enough to finish it. Well, we're in the war with the one who is leading who cannot be defeated. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the captain of the armies of heaven and earth. But if it's in your heart, you say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Use me in the year 2024. Whatever the price, whatever the cost, I want a fresh anointing. I want my head anointed with oil so that my cup runs over. And I'm acknowledging my need. Some of you are saying... I've been away from him, and I want to come back. I want to get reestablished with him. I want to, this is a day of renewal. It's a day of, a day of new beginning. And I want to commit to stay, to get in the word of God, and to get into worship, and spend time with him daily. 
I want to be, I want to be proven in my own testimony that I am his disciple. Whatever he's saying to you, but you want that anointing, you want a new beginning, I want you just to step out and in the aisle or come around the altar, but I want to pray this prayer. I feel like we had to respond in some way, even if it's just taking a few steps, wherever you are. But there's there's something the Spirit of God is calling us to in this hour. And I'm with you in this. You know how they said, Lord, we're not going without you. Unless your presence goes before us, we will not leave this place. So that's our prayer this morning. Lord, some of us would rather get 2023 over with pretty quick. It's been a very trying year, very desperate. Things have happened. But your testimony is, God, I'm not leaving. Even though there's been much pain, I'm not going into the next year unless you go with me. And the Lord is saying, I hear your cry, and I'm taking you out of where you've been, and I'm going with you to where you shall be. And I'm going before you. So I want to just pray that over us, okay? Is that okay, you guys? So, Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, you hear us, and you see us. And we're, it's a testimony of faith. Here we are standing on the threshold of another year. Lord, they tell us it's the year of war. Some say it's the year of more. We agree with that. You already told us there would be wars and rumors of wars. Be not troubled. These things must be. But you also, Lord, we believe it's the year of the open door. There's an effective open door before us. And we acknowledge there are many adversaries, but the greater one lives within us. Greater is he that's in us than the adversaries that are in the world. So we thank you, God. That's our declaration of faith. And we thank you the work that you started in us. You're going to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, there are people praying that that are watching online. I declare that over their region, over their city, over their families. We declare that over our lives, that today is a new beginning. And today our cup shall overflow, that you're anointing our head with fresh oil. And this is a new day for a new season. All things have passed away, saith the Lord, but all things are new. And I'm arising in your midst. Let the people of God say not, have we not ever been this way before? I tell you where you're going in this hour. I've already gone there. I'm the one that's making a way where there seems to be no way. You remember me, though there are things that happen beyond your control. I'm the one that is control, in control, and I will not relinquish. I will not back off. I will not back down. You are my gates. Open up. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Let the King of glory come in. I am the King of glory. I am mighty in battle. I'm strong. I will be your strength and weakness. I will be your hope in despair. I will be your light in the midst of darkness. I am your God, and I will not leave you nor forsake you. What I've begun, I will complete. And thus saith the Lord, I will show myself faithful. I am the faithful one. I've been faithful from the beginning. And now I will be faithful. Did I not tell you? And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. And in this day, you will know my presence. You will know my nearness like you've never known me before. I will show that I am near you and I am in you. I am the greater one. I am the God that saves. I am the God that delivers. I am the God that heals. Stretch forth your hand to those that are weary, those that are broken, those that cannot find their way. Show them the way. Open your mouth. Let your mouth trumpet my word. My word will be in your mouth. A word in season that brings life, that brings hope, that brings salvation, that brings the glory of the Lord so that they might give glory and say, this is the our God for whom we have waited. This is our God for whom we have believed in. For we believe in the one who is God Almighty. And I say, thus saith the Lord, I release that word. I release that anointing now in you, in us, in us, in you that are watching. I release that by faith, by faith. So you just receive by faith. Thank you, God.
I didn't know how this end was going to end. But that's not a bad way to end. You know what I mean? I'm always thinking God let someone else do it. This day, God said, no, you do it. So that's okay. We're just going to worship. And then whenever you guys get tired, we just speak a blessing over 2024. Our children, household salvation. Father, we pray household salvation that our sons and our daughters, that our grandchildren, that our neighbors, that our uncles and our aunts, that our brothers and our sisters shall be saved. In the name of Jesus, Lord, it is your will that none should perish, but all would come to repentance and to the knowledge of him. Lord, we pray that over our nation. God, we know what we deserve. We're asking for mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy and grace to be poured out. And we declare that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we will be peacemakers. Listen, it's not a time to go to war with your neighbor. It's a time to bring them the hope they've been waiting for. Nations should not go to war with one another. All nations are looking for the desire of all nations. The desire is Jesus Christ. He's the answer to the wars. And he's the answer to the war and the corruption in the human heart that gives rise to the violence that kills, steals, and destroys. He's the answer. He's the one. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. I wish I could invite you to the call tonight with Brother Fred. But I'm going to go see him on Tuesday. I'm going to go pray with that 98, almost 99-year-old man. Say, look. God's kept you around until you would see a great awakening. So here, here am I. I'm still alive too. <laughs> I'm not close to 99. But, but I want that anointing. Does that make sense? And then next week before the youth get up, I'm going to release that anointing. Whatever Brother Fred releases on me. I'm telling you, he's a mighty man of God. Mighty. Fred Lunsford. Look him up. Prayer Mountain. They have a prayer mountain. It's like ours. Anyway, it's pretty cool. Can I just pray over you? Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for this man. This man. Just release, oh God, release the fire of your presence. Make him a burning one, God. A burning one. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And I just pray over every one of you that you'll be burning ones. Burning ones throughout this year. Your fire will not go out in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Let's worship the Lord.